everyone. I'm Debbie Roberts, owner and financial advisor at Property Apprentice. Join us today for the Week in Review, where I talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. Topics for this week from interest.co.nz on the 7th of June. ENZ economists say that if they're right about the housing market having bottomed, then prices will be levelling out around 20% above pre-pandemic levels. Second topic from News Hub on the 4th of June. Fears of rental accommodation scarcity as a third of landlords contemplate selling up. Third topic from Stuff on the 5th of June. Pandemic wealth vanishes. Will we get it back? Fourth topic from New Zealand Herald on the 7th of June. Housing. Residents in Auckland and Christchurch feel caught out by new Kayanga Ora developments. And fifth topic for this week in review from Good Returns on the 6th of June. New data shows steep declines in new mortgage lending. So topic number one for this week in review from interest.co.nz on the 7th of June. BNZ economists say that if they're right about the housing market having bottomed, then prices will be levelling out at around 20% above pre-pandemic levels. BNZ economists believe that the house price correction in New Zealand is over and that prices will begin to level off in the second half of this year. However, they expect any growth to be modest as mortgage rates remain high and affordability is stretched. In its latest Property Pulse publication, BNZ Chief Economist Mike Jones said that the bank's long-held view was that the house price correction would run out of steam around the middle of this year. He said that the correction has already seen prices fall by 16% from their peak in November 2021 and that he's now confident that the market has reached a bottom. However, Jones said that he does not expect to see a return to the rapid house price growth of the past few years. He said that mortgage rates are likely to remain high for some time and that this will continue to put pressure on affordability. He also said that the economy is in a weak spot and that this will also limit the potential for house price growth. Overall, Jones expects house prices to grow by an average of 1.5% per quarter in the second half of this year and through 2024, but this growth is likely to be fairly tepid. Jones's forecast is in line with other recent predictions from the Reserve Bank in New Zealand and the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand. The Reserve Bank has said that it expects house prices to remain flat in the near term while the Real Estate Institute has said that prices are likely to fall by a further 5% before starting to rise again. The end of the house price correction is good news for some people, but it's also a reminder of the challenges that the New Zealand housing market faces. Mortgage rates are still quite high, affordability is stretched, and the economy is still quite weak. As a result, it's likely that house price growth will remain subdued for some time to come. My thoughts on this are, I've been saying at our free training event since February that I felt that the market was flattening off and potentially already at the bottom. As we get more data each month, it becomes more apparent that February could have actually been the bottom of the market. But as I always say, we can only actually say with certainty when the bottom of the market is when we've got several months of retrospective data to back that up. That's why it's a mistake to try and time the market. When you realise that we're at the bottom of the market, you've already missed it by about three to six months. That doesn't mean that there won't still be some really good purchasing opportunities ahead. It just means that the market is moving into the next phase. It's also important to understand that New Zealand isn't just one big property market. One area could be showing strong signs of recovery and another could still be showing continued drops in value for a while yet. On another note, 
The median price in New Zealand increased by 15.75% in the two-month period just before the peak of the market in November 2021. So if we compare current median values with September 2021 medians, we're only about 1.9% lower now. And that sounds much less dramatic than talking about the drop since the peak, right? Second topic for this week in review from News Hub on the 4th of June. Fears of rental accommodation scarcity as a third of landlords contemplate selling up. A survey of property investors has found that 32% are considering selling their rental properties due to a number of factors, including tax changes, rising interest rates, and the cost of complying with the healthy home standards. The Auckland Property Investors Association is worried that this could lead to a shortage of rental accommodation as fewer landlords are willing to put up with the financial and regulatory challenges of being a landlord. The Auckland Property Investors Association, or ARPIA, President Kristen Sutherland, said that a decrease in the number of those who want to be landlords could equate to the loss of about 5,000 rental properties. On the flip side, this could benefit first-home buyers because they'd be potentially in the market to be purchasing those properties. However, it's those that can't afford to buy a home who could be the biggest losers. As rental stock goes down, rents almost certainly go up. The government said that it's committed to ensuring that there's enough affordable rental accommodation available, and it has announced a number of measures to address the issue, including providing more funding for social housing and increasing the availability of Kiwi-built homes. However, it remains to be seen whether these measures will be enough to prevent a shortage of rental accommodation. In the meantime, renters are advised to start planning for the possibility of higher rents and fewer rental properties. My thoughts are, it was pretty naive of the government to think that they could make significant tax changes that singled out property investors without realising that this would have a serious impact on tenants in New Zealand. Approximately 85% of all rental properties in New Zealand are provided by private landlords or trusts, and a third of our population live in rental properties. Some landlords who purchased investment properties prior to these tax changes being announced are literally facing no other option than to sell their properties now that they're only able to deduct 50% of the interest on the mortgages and expense, which, by the way, every other business is able to deduct interest on loans. So singling out property investors to close a so-called loophole was purely political spin. In fact, even Inland Revenue advised the government against implementing this change, among many others. It now seems clear that the government's ideologies are coming home to roost and the tenants in this country who are going to suffer because of that. Yes, some of the rentals being sold will be bought by first-home buyers, but not all first-home buyers are existing tenants. Many of them still live at home until they've been able to save up a big enough deposit. Many tenants are not fortunate enough to be in a position to purchase a home I know from our personal experience that we rented for a good eight or nine years before we were able to buy our first property. Market rent is determined by supply and demand. So with reducing supply and increasing demand, of course, rents will increase until they reach a ceiling as far as the tenant's affordability. In my opinion, the government really screwed this up. Private landlords don't cost the taxpayer a cent, unlike payanga aura or social housing. However, on the flip side, and at the risk of sounding a little bit flippant, increasing market rents do make the numbers work a lot better for landlords who are entering the market. 
Just saying, it's not a bad time to be a property investor. If you'd like to learn more about investing in property, join me at one of our free events called How to Succeed with Property Investing in 2023. I'll discuss strategies for successful investing from my perspective as a financial advisor, available live online or in person. Check out propertyapprentice.co.nz for upcoming dates and register today. We don't sell property, so it's all about increasing your knowledge to reduce your risk. If you'd like to find out more about how we can help you reach your financial goals, you can either attend one of our free events, because I also talk about this towards the end of the session, or you can book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, via the website also at propertyapprentice.co.nz. Third topic for this week in review from staff on the 5th of June, pandemic wealth vanishes. Will we get it back? New Zealand's wealth has taken a hit in recent years due to a combination of factors, including falling house prices and rising inflation. In 2020, New Zealand's household wealth was at an all-time high of $2.43 trillion. However, by the end of 2022, this had fallen to $2.25 trillion. There's a number of reasons for this decline. Firstly, house prices have fallen significantly since their peak in 2021. The median house price is now 780000 down from 925000 in November 2021, but not down quite so much from the two months prior to that, as I talked about earlier. Secondly, inflation has been rising sharply in recent months. The Consumer Price Index, or CPI, rose by 6.9% in the year to March 2023, the highest rate of inflation in 30 years. This has eroded the value of savings and investments. So what does this mean for New Zealand's wealth recovery? It's likely that it'll be a slow process. Some are expecting house prices to continue to fall in the short term, and inflation is likely to remain high. This could make it difficult for households to rebuild their wealth. However, there's also some positive signs. The labour market is strong and wages are rising, and this will help to boost household incomes and spending. In the last Reserve Bank of New Zealand announcement, they indicated that they're not expecting to need to raise the OCR any further. And indeed, many economists in New Zealand are expecting the Reserve Bank to hold the OCR where it is, and the next move is likely to be down. Assuming, of course, that inflation continues to show signs of reducing or at least not getting worse. Overall, the outlook for New Zealand's wealth recovery is positive. However, it's likely to be a gradual process, according to the article. Here's some additional factors that could affect New Zealand's wealth recovery. Number one, the global economy. The global economy is facing a number of challenges, including the war in Ukraine and rising interest rates. Government policy, number two. The government's policies could also have an impact on New Zealand's wealth recovery. For example, if the government introduces policies to boost the housing market, or to reduce inflation, this could help speed up the wealth recovery process. Personally, I wouldn't hold my breath on that happening. Individual factors, number three, such as employment status, income level and age, can also affect wealth recovery. For example, people who are employed and have high incomes are more likely to be able to rebuild their wealth after a downturn. My opinion is that this loss of wealth is mostly referring to a paper loss, not an actual loss. For example, if your property drops in value, you haven't actually lost any money. You only lose money if the property drops in value and you sell it for less than you paid for it. 
it's exactly the same when properties increase in value. You haven't actually made any increase in your income. It's only an increase in your paper wealth. So you'd only realize that value of that increase if you sold the property or leveraged off it to buy another property, for example. Fourth topic for this week in review from the New Zealand Herald on the 7th of June. Housing, residents in Auckland and Christchurch feel caught out by the new Kayanga Ora developments. For the information of our listeners and viewers, the names stated in this article weren't the individual's real names. They were changed to protect their privacy. But residents of Auckland and Christchurch are concerned about the lack of consultation on planned state housing developments in their communities. In Christchurch, residents of Hallsville are upset that they were informed about a new social housing development after it had been granted resource consent by the Christchurch City Council. Mansi, a resident of Hallsville, said, We were shocked to find out about the development through a flyer in our mailbox. We felt like we'd been kept in the dark. The development, which will consist of 13 new residential units, is being built by Kayanga Ora, the government's housing agency. Kayanga Ora says that it didn't need to consult with residents because the development was not considered to be a major change to the area. However, residents say that the development will have a significant impact on their community and that they should be given the opportunity to have their say. We're worried about the impact on traffic, parking and noise, said Mansi. We're also worried about the impact on property values. The Hallswall development is just one of a number of planned state housing developments in Auckland and Christchurch. In Auckland, Kayanga Ora is planning to build a 47-unit complex in New Lynn and a 68-unit complex in Blockhouse Bay. In both cases, residents have expressed concerns about the lack of consultation. We're not against social housing, said Catherine, a resident of New Lynn, but we feel like we should have been given a say in what happens in our community. Ora says that it is committed to engaging with communities on its housing projects. However, the agency also says that it cannot always consult with every individual resident. We have to balance the need to consult with the need to get projects built quickly, said a Kayanga Ora spokesperson. The residents of Hallswell, New Lynn and Blockhouse Bay are hoping that Kayanga Ora will take their concerns into account. My thoughts are Kahanga Ora is an important part of the housing solution in New Zealand, especially for people who are unable to find rental accommodation elsewhere, which can be for a variety of reasons. I just hope that Kahanga Ora becomes a bit better with regards to maintaining the condition of their properties so that we don't end up with areas that look like ghettos because that's not good for the tenants or the neighbourhood. I also hope that Kayanga Ora becomes a bit more proactive when it comes to dealing with seriously problematic or antisocial tenants who can create absolute nightmares for their neighbours. Fifth topic this week from Good Returns on the 6th of June, new data shows steep declines in mortgage lending. New lending secured by residential mortgages fell by $798 million in April from March, according to data published by the Reserve Bank of New Zealand on Friday. The total new lending secured by mortgages was $4.89 billion in April, down from $5.69 billion in March, and from $6.35 billion in April last year. The total in April 2021 was $8.88 billion, compared to $4.89 billion this April. The decline in lending was driven by a fall in lending to property investors, which was down 27.5% from April 2022 
and down almost 54% compared with April 2021, which was just after the significant change to the interest deductibility on mortgages for landlords. Lending to owner occupiers was also down, but by a smaller margin of 21.6% from April last year and down 41.6% from April 2021. There are a number of factors that have contributed to the decline in mortgage lending, including, number one, the Reserve Bank has raised the official cash rate several times since October 2021, from 0.25% up to its current rate at 5.5%. This has made it more expensive for borrowers to service their mortgages and also increased the test rates banks use when calculating how much they're willing to lend. The government has started to phase out mortgage interest deductibility against tax for landlords. And as mentioned earlier, landlords who purchased property prior to the tax change are now only able to deduct 50% of the interest on their mortgage. Next year, they'll only be able to deduct 25% of those of the interest on those mortgages. House prices have been falling, which has made it more difficult for borrowers to afford to buy a home. The decline in mortgage lending is likely to have a cooling effect on the New Zealand housing market. It'll also make it more difficult for businesses to access finance, which could slow economic growth. My thoughts are, we're now in winter and heading towards a general election, both of which tend to slow down the property market. Winter, because there's less daylight hours to view properties and also because it's cold, wet and miserable outside, so people tend to stay put more and eat comfort food in front of the heater. General elections, because people tend to want to wait and see who gets in before they make a decision to buy. Both of those actually create really good opportunities to buy property with less competition from other buyers, especially if you know what you're looking for. The decision to buy a property when the market's uncertain can be a difficult one. There are always risks involved with any type of investment, and sometimes the benefits seem unclear especially if you don't have all the information you need in order to make an informed choice. If you want to have a bit more peace of mind and gain the confidence to take a step forward, join our upcoming free event called How to Succeed with Property Investing in 2023. In these sessions, I discuss my tips as a financial advisor regarding strategies for successful investing. Remember, we don't sell property and they are live training sessions held either online or in our Auckland office. There's plenty of opportunity to ask me questions. I'll answer as many of them as possible. You can register on our website at propertyapprentice.co.nz and check out the details there for upcoming dates and times. If you'd like to have a no-obligation chat with my husband, Paul, to see how we could help you, you can also book a meeting with him via our website. That's propertyapprentice.co.nz. Thanks for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you in the next one.